So this week we are talking about nurturing service. We are continuing our series on goodness gracious, where Larry's been talking about Hove, the idea of goodness. And part of bringing goodness into our community is to serve one another. And uh, sometimes it's hard to talk about service without feeling like you're gloating a little bit. Um, I've done my fair share of service projects and mission trips, both locally and I was lucky enough to go on an international mission trip. Um, but I don't really like talking about it unless I'm asked because it seems like um, I'm looking for something to be celebrated for because people like to pat you on the back for taking your time to go serve other people. Um, it's also hard to talk about service in a way that promotes the dignity of the people that you are serving um, because I've, I learned about something that I want to talk to you about. It's called poverty tourism. Has anybody heard of this term before? It's been around a long time, actually. Uh, this is a, a picture from a newspaper in 1885 where um, wealthy people from New York would go to uh, lower-class neighborhoods, people in poverty, and, and do tourism. They'd walk the streets to see how people in poverty live. And uh, it's been around a long time. Christians also do this, where we go on mission trips. And we claim that we're doing it for goodness, but really, uh, if, you're, if you're going on a mission trip and then you, get, you go to the souvenir shop at the end of the day, it's, it's not great uh, service, I think. Um, it can be shaming, be done out of pity for people, and um, I've been on them. I've, I did a trip where I, I was able to get souvenirs at the end of the trip, and it felt weird uh, serving people and feeling like we're doing good and then getting to go home and, and leaving these people in their poverty. It's, it's really hard. And um, your first question may be, well, then what do we do? Because there's still going to be problems around the world. And um, I think something that we don't always realize is that there's already organizations in most neighborhoods around the world doing really good work. So sending funds, sending resources to let these groups and organizations grow can be a really good way to, to serve communities that really need some help without feeling like we're, we're doing it out of pity or doing it um, in a way that's shaming people who need help because they, they deserve dignity too, um, even if we need to feel good for serving them. Um, so it's, there's lots of ways we can do it without, um, without shaming people and still making some really big impact. Um, so that's, that's, we're not going to talk about this the whole time. We're not going to feel bad about ourselves the whole time. But when we learn about service, it's important to remember how we serve and the way we serve. So let's, let's talk about that more. So um, the way we serve has to be directly tied to justice. And that word in the, in the scripture we read today from Matthew 6 has the word righteousness. Don't let people see your acts of righteousness. And Larry talked about that word last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's sermon, make sure to go back and listen to his service on justice. The sermon on justice. Um, our, our, our service and the way we serve people should be directly tied to justice and how our righteousness and how their righteousness is lifted up. Um, so be sure to listen to that first. Um, we have to be willing to deny ourselves to serve others. Our, that's, sorry, let me say that one more time. Our service is measured by our willingness to deny ourselves for the sake of others. And I believe that our church serves very well. Um, if Whenever there's been a need, we, we fill it, and we find a way to, to, to help people and to help our community grow. Uh, I found this video on my iPad from years ago that you guys might remember. When This is when we first moved to McKinley, and we had to get all of our stuff set up. So we had just moved from a funeral home to a larger space where we needed some more equipment, and we spent an afternoon moving our equipment from the funeral home and then getting our new equipment and setting it all up on a Saturday before our service on Sunday. And... This is a great example of what's sped up, but it's a really great example of our community 
coming together and we said like, hey, we need help setting up for our service. We need trucks. We need people. And you guys showed up. And I think we do a really good job of that. And this is, it feels weird because I just talked about like not talking about our service because it feels like we're gloating. But I think, honestly, I think we do a good job of serving. And we don't really publicize it. We just, we, Larry says like, hey, we, need, we have a need. and You guys show up. And I think we do a really good job of that. Um, there's been many times where people have asked for help and we've, we've been here. And I think that's really good. And I think that's, that's the way it should be done is, is saying like there's a need and we just fill it rather than making it a program or an event. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Um, let's talk about serving and being served. So uh, we want to create a culture of where we're serving within and serving out. So service out is what you traditionally think of when we talk about service or mission trips or things like that. That's community work. It's doing good for, for the people in our neighborhoods. That's service like looking out. So it's, it's coming together and doing big things or small things to serve other people around us. Service in is when we're turning towards each other. We're turning yeah, towards one another instead of ourselves. So it's finding out that somebody needs a van and pulling resources together to buy one of our members a van. Or it's finding out that someone doesn't have food and buying groceries for them. It, in, in really small ways, just inviting someone to lunch, um, handshakes, serving, just looking out for the needs of the people in our community. And there's, that's, that's service within. So there's service within, and then there's service without. And I think uh, we do a good job of, of, of mixing that. Some, some churches are really good at just serving themselves, and some churches are really good at looking outward. And I think we need a balance of that um, if we're going to really do a great job of helping each other. Because when, if you serve... If you're serving everyone else around you, it can lead to burnout really quickly because you feel like your needs aren't being met. But we're working in a community where we are serving one another. The, the, the expectation is that someone will also serve you. So part of that is, is letting go of some, of some control so that you can allow other people to serve you, which is sometimes hard for us, especially for self-made Americans. It's, it's allowing the community to come in and, and meet our needs. And I've been the recipient of a lot of service and a lot of love from, from all of you uh, over the years. And sometimes it's hard for me to accept help because I feel like I can do it on my own or I feel like I can prove that I can do it on my own. But that's part of the community is allowing other people to serve you so that you can serve others as well. And it's this cyclical relationship where you're not feeling like you're burned out because you're getting help as well. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. Um, so when we serve in, we are denying ourselves for the sake of others at the same time that others are denying themselves for our sake, and it prevents burnout and distrust. So let's talk about ulterior motives. Um, sometimes we serve to get something from the people we're serving. Sometimes it's just walking in the doors of our church. Sometimes we want them to accept Jesus or say a prayer. But there's sometimes there's a, there's a secret ulterior motive to our service. We want to avoid that for serving. Um, we don't serve to save people. We don't serve to, to get them to come to something. Um, we just serve because we love them, because we want to show help. There's a need, and we fill it. And it's as simple as that. Um, there's lots of times, in fact, Jesus' disciples would get annoyed with him because he would stop and help everyone who asked him. And he didn't ask them for anything else. He didn't say, um, you know, they, sometimes they'd ask, like, what can I do to repay you? And he just says, follow me. That's it. But he didn't go to serve them so that he would, they would follow him. You see the difference? So I want to show you a quick clip from one of my favorite TV shows. And I want you to see if you can find out who's got the ulterior motive here. I, I could have watched the whole episode, but I figured we had other things to do. Um, so 
But so who who was the one with the ulterior motives in that clip? Well, technically both of them. But Dwight was the one trying to do it because he was getting back at someone else in the office. Andy just does not let niceness go unpunished. <laughs> so he will punish you with his niceness back. So he his ulterior motives were, were honestly just to love people and to, to not let an, a good deed go undone. So um, that I, I just I thought that was really funny. And I could have clipped, like, clipped that a lot shorter, but it just, it just kept going. And I had to do the whole thing. Um, so anyway, let's talk about Tove's service. So remember, Tove is this word that means goodness. From you know, We see it first in Genesis. When God created the world, he saw that it was good. And I found another way to define this word. And maybe Larry talked about it, and I wasn't paying attention. But there, the, the word Tove, you can, the, the original Hebrew, can, can come from the word for well-crafted or well-formed. So when God created the world, he saw that it was well-crafted. It was well-put-together. So how does this connect to our service, that Tove service? It's not just good, but our service should be well-crafted. It should be thought out. It should be intentional. This is going to connect to our justice that we'll talk about in a moment. When we see ourselves and others as the image of God, and we can help them with their needs, then we, we don't see them as something lower than. Um, we, we see when we, we do our Tove service, when we are seeing the goodness in others, we're not seeing them as lower than us or like a status thing. We're not reaching down to help, we're reaching across to help. So um, let's talk about how service is ordinary. Um, there's a lot of churches, and I, I have some friends that lead some churches that have uh, big events, yearly events that will like, this is our serve day, and we'll go out and we're going to greatly impact the community of Dayton or whatever. And so they, have, they send all their church members out to different organizations to serve around the city for that day or maybe that weekend. But we're looking for more of an attitude of, of all the time. It's part of our DNA as a church, as a community, that we are constantly serving others. It's not a program, it's not an event, it's not a weekly thing. It's part of our daily routine that we are people who serve others, who love others. And there's, there's something, so, and when I was in college, um, part of, of freshman orientation, there was like a day of like games and activities to like get, your other, like get to know your other freshmen that are around you. And then the next day was called Into the Streets, where they'd send you out around Canton to go serve. And I was like, this is great. I love this college that they have like service as part of their, their DNA. But guess how often into the streets happen? Once a year, freshman orientation. So when I was a sophomore, into the streets didn't happen. Junior, senior, no, just for freshmen. So uh, I've got another story about serving in college I'll get to in a moment. Um, but for, also I want to, for ordinary, I want to talk about the parable of, uh, of the yeast that Jesus talks about in Matthew 13. Or Ma Matthew 13, yeah. So Jesus wrote, or Jesus said, he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked through all the dough. And this is how our service and our lives throughout the kingdom of heaven should be. It's slow, it's deliberate, it builds over time. It takes a lot of work. The kneading to build that yeast into the dough, is it takes work, it takes effort. But it's not something that can be done a program or an event or a monthly service trip. It's it's something that's part of our DNA that we're constantly working into. The difference there? Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to how um, service is, Tove service is quiet. So I, uh, when I was in college, I was frustrated that they didn't do Into the Streets more than once. And um, 
if you've been to college, it, it feels sometimes college can be very self-centered because you're learning for your education, for your career, and it can be all about you. So I was sitting in a Bible class and I was looking out the window, paying attention, and I realized that I was I was just learning, I was just absorbing a lot of information for myself in order to do work later, but I wasn't doing any work at the moment. I wasn't serving anybody. I was just in class. So I started a group. And I, call, I called my group Do Stuff. And it was, I was very deliberate about the vagueness of the group because I wanted to try and draw people into it. And I got two people. One of them was my girlfriend. So I did really well. And we would meet weekly in an empty classroom at, in the evenings. And we would talk about how we could serve. And then we would go and do a, a project. Or we'd go do something. So uh, that's why we called Do Stuff. Because we would do stuff. So we would go to like giant eagle and we would um, pick up all the, the, the uh, shopping carts and put them away so that the worker didn't have to go outside in the cold. Um, we would try and help people and like we go to the mall and see if anybody needed help getting things into their car. We try to do things that weren't invasive but were also just ways to show that we loved people in the community to try and make it better. Um, but I made it a program. I made it an event. So one time I had set us up to, there's like six of us and we we're going to go to a local soup kitchen in Canton. And I get there. I was like, guys, we're going to do it. We're going to really help the community. And there was already a guy from our college there that was not part of our group, that had never been to any of our meetings or, or gatherings or anything. He had already made his service part of his DNA. And he didn't talk about it. Nobody, I didn't know he was going to be there. He lived in my dorm. I didn't know he was there. But he had already made service a part of his DNA, a part of his, his code, his goodness. And he didn't talk about it. He was quiet. It was ordinary work. It was just working in the soup kitchen. And it wasn't something big. It was just something that he did because he loved people and wanted to serve. Where I came at it as trying to make a program, he came at it as just going and doing the work. So he was actually the one doing stuff. So it was really cool to see that. And it kind of put me in my place a little bit. So do stuff kind of fizzled out after that a little bit. Um, also, when we talk about service, it's not something that we want to broadcast. So when we talk about like our service is quiet. Um, there's lots of churches that like to, like these churches that have these serve days. We'll post pictures all over Instagram and Facebook and like to broadcast that with the, all this good work that they're doing. And Jesus says not to do that. Scripture we read earlier: Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Serve in a way that it's quiet, that you're helping people and you're being deliberate and intentional and it's justice driven, but it's not flashy. It's not showing off not going and posting pictures of people that you're serving because that's kind of dehumanizing in a way too, isn't it? So it's, our service should be done in a way that lifts people up but also keeps us low because service is not about lifting us up. It's about lifting others up. Um, let's talk about our services rooted in love and justice. So uh, our service shouldn't be uh, benevolent, which means it shouldn't be something that we need to go and and always give handouts to people who are lowly. We should, it should be something that we're walking alongside people. So when you, when you have benevolence, it's, it creates a power dichotomy where we are the ones who have the power or the resources, and we are giving it to the people who don't. And benevolent lets people know where they are in that power structure. The same things with paternalism. Paternalism is saying that I have the power, I have the resources, and you don't. And you, you will continue to know that. And it feels a little bit like Stockholm Syndrome, where we, we're sitting alongside the people that we're serving, but they still know that we are the powerful. Like that picture we saw from the newspaper in 1885, 
the people in the neighborhood, even if even if the rich people were giving out nickels or or you know money to the poor people, they still know who had the power, and they still know who didn't have the power in that neighborhood. So when we serve others, it should be done in a way where the power structure is eliminated. We're lifting people up. We're putting ourselves lower if we need to to raise other people up so that they can eventually do work on their own and serve others on their own. It's not about continuing the, the handout structure. Does that make sense? So this is like really hard stuff to, to figure out sometimes. But um, paternalism allows us to keep the power systems in play. And we don't, that's the thing about justice is we want to dismantle the power structure so everyone is equal. That's the point of, of justice is to create more justice for other people, more righteousness. It's not about um, allowing these power structures to continue. So sometimes these mission trips that, that organizations promote continue these power structures of wealthy kids coming into a neighborhood and helping out building chicken coops or churches, and then they leave, and these communities still don't have any money or resources to continue to build up themselves. So that's, that's kind of how we need to rethink our service as well. So um, I know usually when I preach, we end early. Well, this is intentional. I did it on purpose. So it's not just something that I ran out of information. I'm doing this on purpose. It's part of the plan. So um, at the end of Matthew, Jesus talks about the Great Commission. Well, we're going to do the Good Commission, the Tove Commission. So we're not going to do a big flashy thing, um, but I want to end early to send you out to do good, serve others. We want to go out into our communities and we want to do good. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to post about it on social media. We don't want to call our friends and talk about it. We want to do small things. And we want to do them often. We don't want to have an agenda. We don't want to draw people into our program. We want to spread love, get love like it's yeast into a dough throughout our community. We want to serve everyone around us and know that if you are tired, weary, feel taken advantage of, there are other people here that will serve you. This is the place about serving and service, and we do it well. We've learned that. So love rest are renewable resources that we have here at this church. And we want to go out into our communities. We want to serve in small ways so that people can feel love and not have to worry about big flashes. So I'm commissioning all of you to go out and to serve. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time we could be together. We want to thank you for the opportunity to learn about how to serve others in a way that is humanizing, that is letting them live in the image of God that you created them to be. And we pray that as we continue to go through our days and our weeks, that we can look for opportunities to serve others, to do small things in big ways that show love to others, not because we want them to come here or because we want them to, um, to love you more, but just because we love them, because we want to show them what love looks like. They can um, just live a better, whole life and have less need. Everybody has enough. There's enough in the world. We pray that we can spread those resources out to people who need them. Thank you so much. Amen. All right, thanks for coming, guys. Have a great week.